Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me is the man with the master plan, my buddy from another mother, Chance Michaels. How are you, Chance? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. We're into Tuesday afternoon. Everything is beautiful. A weekend of spectacular results across the board in the world of combat sports. Um, some were predictable. Some just came out of nowhere. Uh, and I'm talking combat sports in general. Yeah. Uh, I just want to touch on that a little bit here at some point. Um, but before any of that, everybody, please like and subscribe. Join us on this journey as we continue to bring you the best stories, the best commentary, and the best analysis going today in the world of professional wrestling. We're still a secret that's not known by many, but we're hoping that will change as we progress. So for those of you that are with us now, thank you. You guys will be with us. Thank you so much for all your support, your kind words. And uh, again, like, subscribe, hit that notification button. Sap underscore chance. It's our Twitter or sorry, our uh, Instagram handle. I give you that because that you'll find our bio tree and there you can find the links to our Facebook, TikTok, you name it, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everything. Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, Chad, take got anything to add to that, brother? It's just to share it, share it with your family and friends. We appreciate it. Thank you no, for the support. No, hundred percent. It means a lot to us, all the support that we're getting here, but Hey, we're two weeks away from Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, Wales, the first big stadium pay-per-view held in almost over 30 years. 30 years, man. There's a lot of fans out there that weren't even born when the last one happened. Um, that's crazy. But hey, Raw, great show last night, I think, in my opinion. I think the Toronto crowd made it really special as well. Over 18,000 fans. It was a sellout yeah, they were in the excited. Air Canada Theater in the Air Canada arena i mean smackdown was pretty lit too in montreal two good cities with two good crowds man i'll give that you know i'm not a much of a toronto guy per se even though that's my hometown and that's where i was born um but i have to give it to the toronto crowd they they really you know brought their game and i think wwe is continuing to bring their game in the last few weeks um raw kicks off with a brawl between seth rollins and uh riddle I like this story a lot, man. I really do. I love how they're progressing it. Uh, there is some real heat between the two. I don't know if it still exists, but, you know, at one point, Seth was not a fan of him in any shape or form. Um, this was many years ago when he first came into the business and whatnot. Now, Riddle is a character, man, I find. He's a really interesting cat. He doesn't follow the protocols of what most professional wrestlers are in terms of handshaking the respect and whatnot is supposed to be shown um you know for my he's that new breed that arrogant kind of smug kind of guy he even came into WWE saying he could beat up brock lesnar and he, he was really cocky and brash no absolutely but you know what i think that randy orton put it best when he was talking about him in an interview and he said that he comes off that way and he doesn't mean to it's just his nature it's just that kind of person he is but once you know him and once he lets you kind of in, he's like one of the best guys in the world. He yeah, just, I can see that. He's got you know, a fun he's, personality, at least on air. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, coming into the Federation, he realizes that he's coming in from a different field of, of entertainment and in the terms of MMA and whatnot. So, you know, maybe it's that pressure that he heard about coming in, like, you know, you haven't paid your dues, you haven't done that. But I mean, in his own way, he's paid his dues in, in a different way. 
through MMA. So, I mean, that has to count for something because, I mean, absolutely, those, those punches are real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? They so, are. so I love what they're doing with that. I mean, the whole smash giving him the curb stomp on the steps and canceling the match at SummerSlam was beautiful. You know, people were upset about it and whatnot, but that was the right play. I, I loved how they did that. They made it legitimate. You know, so this is, you know, built up and it's going to be a really good match. I mean, they've been working at this match now for almost three months, man. Could be the best match in the card. It looks like it. It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a showstopper. I mean, Riddle has proven himself in the ring. I think he's a great worker. I think he has great movement, um, facial expressions, the whole nine yards. If you get past the whole goofiness of his character, the guy can work. Yeah, he can. Guy can work and Seth is Seth. You know, Seth the thing about Riddle, he's goofy, but the kids love him. They love that goofy style. So he's got a big fan base. I mean, he's got a huge fan base. He's got the kids and he's got the potheads. I mean, he's just generations Rob Van Dam in a way, if you think about it. Yeah, Rob Van Dam, yeah. He was the potty, you know, weed guy. And, um, you know, the kids loved him for that and whatnot. And then you had that 18 to 34-year-old demographic that loved him because of the, you know, I don't know, the discretion the discretion he used in talking about weed on the air and stuff like that. If you knew, you knew. If you didn't, you didn't. I even think Riddle's even better than Van Damme. I know that's a bold statement, but I think in-ring he's better. Right, he probably is in a lot of ways. I mean, Van Damme was, you know, amazing at what he did. I think Van Damme's a pioneer in a lot of ways for a lot of yeah, the guys like Riddle and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a handful of these wrestlers that brought these different styles to the forefront that weren't there before that kind of, you know, didn't change the style, per se, don't get me wrong, but, you know, changed the way people looked at movement. It added to it, yeah. It added to it, right? So you got guys like Ray, and you got guys like, you know, Rob Van Dam, who came out with doing these these really cool things, which led to the guys like Ricochet and Osprey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kenny Omega to a certain extent, even, you know, with some of the moves that he's able to produce and do. As Michaels and Bret Hart is a few. Michael, well, Michaels and Bret Hart would fit into the categories more of the pioneer. Yeah. Uh, more Shawn Michaels, I would say, than Bret Hart. Bret Hart was more of a technical wrestler. Uh, you know, like if he, if he, I don't know, how do we categorize them? You got the big men, you got the technical guys, and then you got the high flyers, you got the brawlers. Yeah. You know? so, so, I mean, from that's from what a, makes wrestling beautiful. What you just said, all of that in one on a show. You get no, the big 100%. man, you get everything you want. Yeah, you got it all, man. And, you know, it's kind of the, the evolution of wrestling is such now where you're seeing all these different styles that come from all over the world being incorporated into all these shows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and when you start mixing them, when you start mixing Luchador with, with strong style, that's crazy. Yeah. Then fun. those, then those kicks become something special. All right. So let's carry on with raw here in Toronto. So after that's basically how the show opened up, man, it was no kind of graphics or anything it just went straight into the brawl and the stance between these two guys which i thought was kind of a cool way to kick off the show you know just nice quick change punch nice quick punch right like whoa shit this stuff's already started and they're not even on the air yet right you know just from that perspective it was kind of cool but then we kind of you know settle in and trish comes out technically to open up the show now and she's talking about you know feeling at home again you know being good to be at home again not just in Toronto, but also in the ring and whatnot. And I think she wanted to talk about something or have some kind of statement, but then she was interrupted by Bailey and the crew. Um, I love these guys, man. I love what they're doing. I, I like this faction of the three of them, Dakota Kai, uh, Eo Sky, 
um, and, and Bailey. I mean, these these girls are just kind of killing it right now. I love what Bailey's doing. I think it's just refreshing to see a really strong female heel on the show. For the longest time, it was basically Charlotte. Pretty much. You know, and she's kind of... Well, Ron, I guess Rhonda. But I don't know with Rhonda right now if she's a heel or whatnot. Like, I mean, I think they're trying to change her heel, but Montreal really loves her. So maybe that wasn't the city to kind of do it. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, so so she she's she's coming up. She's there. I think they're trying to turn her heel, but I don't know now because that I I think what's going to happen here is you're going to get into a Shayna Baszler. They planted the seeds for this, a Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey fight. Have we one? Which I think will be really good. I mean, and the history between those two women goes back, man. I mean, Ronda was her coach, I believe, in in tough. She was, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, these guys go all the way back, and and um, Shayna Baszler. You know, if anything, I think Shayna Baszler is at a higher level than Ronda when it comes to pro wrestling. Right now, yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, she's been on the independent. She fought here in Vancouver. She 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 fought here locally for ECT. Ronda's a bigger bit. name and a bigger draw, though. No, no, no. Understandable, but in terms of skill and and what she can bring to the ring, I think you know this is by far, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler's game now. Mm. Do you know where I'm going with that? I know what you mean by that, but yeah, Ronda's got this got that tough. She's like the female Brock Lesnar. No doubt, no doubt. So these three girls come out, they circle Trish and uh, Bianca's music hits, and I like it because they're continuing with that continue continuity of that story. They're building up to the three-on-three match with Bianca, uh, Asuka, and, and uh, Alexa Bliss against um, Bailey, Io Sky, and um, oh, what's her name again? Dakota Kai. Yeah. And uh, so the all four of them are standing against the three of them, and this leads right into the semifinal tag team match between Io Sky, Dakota Kai. Hey, they rhyme, Kai and Sky, and um, against Asuka and uh, Alexa Bliss. Now, I think the right people went over here. Uh, Io Sky and Dakota Kai won that match. It was a great match. It was really, really good. The girls worked really, really well. Uh, some great moves. I loved watching EO and and Oscar get into it. There were some great segments there, some great transitions. I love Oscar's quickness. I mean, her spinning attacks were just really fun to watch. And EO, she is the queen of the sky, man. That girl can fly. Oh yeah. Uh, that drop kick off the top rope was something else. So, you know, and again, these aren't soft moves. These girls are working really, really hard. Uh, in fact, in some cases, one can argue they work harder than some of the men do. In, in some terms of, men. of some, some of the men, but it was a really good match to start off the show. Alexa, unfortunately, Alexa and Oscar lose the match, which is kind of what I was kind of hoping for because I think it's time for Alexa to kind of step out and if she's ready to launch a new character. So I'm kind of excited by that now to see where that kind of goes. Um, she's just kind of playing the formula baby face right now. She's neither here or there. I think it's time for her to raise rise out of the ashes you know, and kind of come into her own again. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where that went right there. Uh, after that match, what do we do? We got uh, Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler backstage segment there. Uh, Ziggler's talking about how he wants to help the younger talent, how he feels this and that. Out comes Finn to interrupt his interview and say, you just one of those old guys who wants to latch on to the younger talent to stay relevant. Which is a fair comment, I guess. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, what's an what's an old journeyman wrestler going to do nowadays, right? He has well, to. Well, I was find... supposed to say, was Dolph ever relevant? Like, he's a good worker, and I like the guy, but he never was a big draw or top guy. Like I said, Dolph, journeyman. Dolph, Dolph is like one of those guys who survived it all and still there. Man. I, I think he, he does a lot outside in the political arenas for the WWE in terms of representation and whatnot. Um, I don't know how much he represents WWE, but he's out there doing his thing. I mean, he was doing a lot of the um, original content. He was hosting a lot of the original content for the WWE network when it first kind of started and they started coming out with the shows and whatnot. He's been up and down, man. Him, he's, he's another guy like Miz who's just been there. Like you would have thought those two guys would have been released at some time. They're I mean, not troublemakers. I guess they didn't piss off any. They got played ball and got along, I guess. They were kind of the guys who basically said, we'll do whatever we have to do. They never argued. Miz has, Smart. you know, Miz said, I'll do all the media. Right? And most guys don't like doing media. Most guys don't want to, girls and guys and girls don't want to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to do a radio hit in the city that they're in that night to yeah. promote the show. Miz said, I'll do it. You know, Dolph said he'll do it. So, I mean, from that perspective, I, I think wrestling at that level is more than just what you do in the ring or in front of the camera. It's what you do outside of the ring to promote the business and you know, be an ambassador for it. And guys like that will always have a home. Guys like R-Truth, guys like, you know, they're not the greatest competitors. They don't have the longest runs. They have moments here and there sporadically. Out of those three, probably Miz is the most relevant when it comes to in-ring work. But, you know, Ziggler can work, and he's great with younger talent, too. He's perfect guy to kind and of... And is entertaining. And he's entertaining, right? So and so from that perspective, that's why those kind of guys stick around. You know, you look smart at... Smart for guys, their pay, smart for their wallet, too. Well, they're putting in the work, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing. They don't see Miz getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. You arrive into the city. You leave one city... And get to the next one at two o'clock in the morning. Have a quick bite, sleep for three hours, and then you're in a radio station. You're doing this hit, then you're doing that hit. All the radio shows in the morning. So from six to ten in the morning, you're jumping from station to station to station for a five to ten minute hit on that night show. Yeah. Go grab a bite, go hit the gym, and then you have to go straight to the arena for prepare to prep for the day. So yeah, I know they I mean, played the game well. They've got along. They're you know the politics. Good for no. them. They did everything they were supposed to do and more. So, I mean, who can argue about any of that? Uh, but that being said, Dolph lost to Finn Balor, which was probably the right move. You got to keep the judgment day strong. And considering yeah. what happened at the end of the night, he probably had to go over anyways. Uh, next match, you had, and I love these guys, the Alpha Academy. They came out and they put down the Toronto crowd and they put down Canadians and, you know, the normal Yeah, stick. that was well done. That was well done, and uh, they said, is there any Canadian back there, you know, worth it? I, to be honest, I thought it was going to be Santino that was going to come out. I really thought that it would be him, considering that they're more of a comedy kind of tag team, and you'd want that comedy guy to come out. I did not expect Kevin Owens to come out. I mean, A, because he's a heel, A, and B, because he's been working with the Alpha Academy against Ezekiel and and his whole family, so to speak. So yeah. to have Owens come out and just, you know, be that angry guy, like he's still a heel in every other city, but, um, you know, I guess he couldn't come out in Montreal, his hometown, so they gave him Toronto, and, uh, yeah, he dominated. He beat yeah, it was shit. a good segment. It was fun. It was a good match. It was a really good match. Um, so basically, after the match, Otis attacks Owens, but Owens fights him off. 
with a stunner. And Gable then attacks, and then Owen beats him up too. So that's kind of how it ended. Uh, there was a backstage segment with Aaliyah, and um, she was doing an interview, I think, with Trish. She was talking with Trish. And Bailey and them show up to interrupt that, and uh, Aaliyah challenges Bailey to her first match. Since yeah, I see that. So that match went down. Typical Bailey defeats Aaliyah. Uh, even though Aaliyah is a hometown girl, you know, they you know, you would think that they would have given her something, but they gave her a good run. I like Aaliyah. She's paid her douche. She's probably one of the girls that's been down in NXT the longest. So to see her come up, I don't, you know, unless something majorly happens or whatnot, you know, she's going to be a mid-carder, but good for her for sticking around and surviving all the cuts yeah, too, man. Still getting paid, so good for her. Yeah, yeah. So she, that was a good match. This was the match I was most interested in, and this is what we were talking about last week with Sir Michaels. The Miz and Champa defeated AJ Styles and United States champion Bobby Lashley by disqualification after Dexter Loomis, unknown to the casual fans, my friend. Yep, absolutely. Grabbed Miz and kidnapped him. So here we have character development. You know, and I was thinking about this after we talked last week as well. You know, like we, we talk about Seth Rollins and how much he's accomplished in the WWE and whatnot. He came out of nowhere with with the um the shield and no one knew who any of those guys were right so mm -hmm. i think we're at that stage in wrestling again you know where a lot of these guys are coming in that don't people don't know and they're building up their characters right i mean we consider the same thing about steve austin when he came in who knew steve austin outside of you know like you know when he was with with the with the, um with Brian Pillman in WCW, or that he was a part of Polly Dangerous's Dangerous Dangerous Alliance. Not many. Right? Or he was in ECW before he came to the WWE and cut that awesome promo, you know. Yeah, no, I, get what I think what other people are saying is there's too many NXT guys coming out. There's too many people not known. So in those times, yeah, you bring out a Stone Cold or somebody like that. It was only one or two at a time. Now you got Johnny Gargano, you got all these NXT guys. It's like it's almost like I, Triple H is making an IC the IWC show, which people don't know stands for Internet Wrestling Community. It's like he's trying to appease them so much, is what I'm finding with these Raws. Not saying yeah. the shows are bad, but yeah. I'm, I think Triple H is listening to the Internet community too much. This is my take on the Raws. Right, but here's the thing. Not the saying guys, they're bad Raws, no, but... No, no, no. But the, guys that, the guys that he brought back were guys that no one really were upset about leaving. Right. So from from that perspective, these aren't big names that are coming back. These aren't guys that the Internet community is actually clamoring for. The guys well, that the Internet community loves Johnny Gargano, though. They love this oh, No, guy. no, no. Johnny Gargano's cool, man. But I mean, again, he kind of came back and I kind of see him being a Daniel Bryan type at some point here. Like the guy's an amazing worker. He's really fun to watch. Speaking of the Daniel Bryan, I got to bring this up since you brought him up. He just did a show at the Rio Theater here. Yeah. And most of Daniel Bryan's fans are kids. Yeah. This show was 19 or older, so you couldn't even bring your kid to meet the guy and get a picture. Yeah. Why he would agree to do that, I don't get that. Well, I guess the money. And... Oh, I know what he's the money, but he's supposed to be like that hippie vegan. No, no, you know, I get anti. it. But I'm just saying, like, well, if you're going to come here and do a show, you should at least let the kids have a meeting and agree with you. But 19 or older, so you got a bunch of bunch of dudes, 19 and up. You're, talk, you're telling your story and having meetings. So what about the kids that want to see you? Yeah, that, no, to me that's lame. Hey, I completely agree. I don't disagree at all. But I think, I think it also has to do with who the promoter is. 
No, I get it. I get it. And you should be like, no, I'm not going here. Put me in a place where I can talk to the kids. No, no, I get it. I get it. But like I said, I think it has to do with the promoter. It also has to mm. do with the fact that if they can sell drinks yeah, and no, those kind it. of things as well, like, you know, no, I know you get it. I'm just trying to make sense of it for the people listening as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I just say, like, come oh. on, man. Like, I'm so, I was in toy trade with my kid and he's like, oh, I want to meet Deanna Bryant. So if you can, it's 19 year old. But the first thing he said to me, dad, isn't wrestling for the kids? He said, well, it's for adults too, but yes, it's more for the kids, but I don't know. Then it makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I agree so. with that. So anyways, deforting and, and developing that character as we were talking about, Dexter Loomis kidnaps the mist, mm -hmm. grabs him from like almost in like a headlock or a sleeper of some sort, pulls him out and takes him away, which I think was kind of cool. I and mean, this is kind of interesting to see. I don't know. Yeah, it was a Dexter good segment. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what Dexter's angle is on all of this. Is he coming in as a face? Is he coming in as a heel? Because initially he was kind of, you know, eyeing AJ a lot. But that's the kind of interesting part of Dexter Loomis here. I mean, that guy didn't say more than two words the whole time he was in NXT. Feeling it out, kind of seeing which way to go with them, maybe get the reaction of the crowd, feel it out, maybe. I'm not sure. It's kind of funny, though, because, I mean, okay, let's talk about Johnny Gargano. Gargano comes back on this show, right? I mean, he wasn't mm -hmm. sure if he was going to wrestle again. He was kind of considering to be done and kind of move on to the next chapter of his life. His wife has just had their second child. Um, you know, his wife is also a pretty great wrestler, a good wrestler in her own right. Who's so, his wife? Candice Lurie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I don't know if she's going to be coming back anytime soon. But this is kind of interesting because you got Dexter, you got Johnny, and you got Austin Theory there now. And these guys were all a part of one big storyline at one point mm -hmm. in NXT near the end there. Um, yeah, I like how Theory came out there when Gargano was in the ring. So we're going to see a feud going there. Yeah, and I think it's kind of perfect. And like I said, if you haven't watched Johnny Gargano work, and if you're not familiar with him, here's your chance to get familiar with this guy. I really like him a lot. I think he's just a really, really good wrestler. Like, he's a great pro yeah, I think wrestler. I've seen him before live. Didn't he wrestle a few times in Vancouver here? Uh, I believe he may have. I've not seen him live in. here locally. CW, but I mean, pretty sure. some of the matches that he had with uh, Champa. We're insane. No, he's a good worker. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, skill, yeah. But... So, like I said, let's just give these guys some time and, you know, see where everyone kind of fits in. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. But, you know, it was fun. It was a good segment there to watch those guys kind of rip it up. Um, main event, Edge versus Damian Priest. Um, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was Edge, a good looked, match. Edge looked fuller. He looked bigger. Yeah, I was going to say, he looked like he's he's beefing up a little bit. Find out that skinny look anymore. Looks, yeah, look he good. He looks like, like he's kind of filling into his own. It kind of reminds me of Shawn Michaels when he first came back after four and a half years. Yeah. Like he had muscle definition, but he didn't look like the HBK. Like he lost, you know, a bit of himself, a bit of his size. But yeah. as time progressed, as he got, you know, near the end again, he started to fill out. But Edge looked really good. He looked really sharp. He looked really clean. Um... I liked his gear. How many more matches does he have left, though? I think he's talking retirement match. So what, a few more big ones? He's going to call it a day? Yeah, I he didn't think have he's that serious neck problem. No, I think he's near the end. I think he's probably got maybe a couple more years in him. But, I mean, he works select dates. It's not like he's on every week, yeah. right? So, I mean, he could he could have four more matches that could expand over two years. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, what do you have? I mean, cash at the Classo, I think you're probably going to see Judgment Day against Ray, Edge, and uh, Beth Phoenix, who came out to make the save for him at the end. And I was waiting for that. Like, I was, okay, so either Beth has to come out, or I thought Trish was going to come out. I thought that would have been fun, too. 
That is good. Trish come out and kind of confront um, Rhea Ripley. But I think Beth makes more sense because she's about, you know, she, she's big as well. Like she's and it's his wife. So. And it's his wife. So that makes a lot more sense. So uh, I think that match is kind of set for Cash at the Castle too now. So you got, yeah. that's one date right there. So that, you, that was the best match on Raw, Edge and Priest, I thought. No, no, 100%. Well, I, I mean, I like the girls tag team match a lot. To be honest, I just liked how they worked. I liked the flow, uh, being the curtain opener as well. After that brawl in the crowd between Seth and Riddle, the crowd was hot. They kept him hot, you know, so I, I really enjoyed that match. But yes, I will say Damian Priest versus Edge was a great match. Um, Edge, Edge is awesome. He's really good at what he does. And mm-hmm. he brought the best out of Damian Priest, who I think still has some work to do. He does. In yeah, terms does. of his, himself and whatnot, I still feel that Damien is forcing himself on the mic. Is that fair? He's trying too hard, it seems, yeah. Yeah, he's just not, he's finding himself. He's getting better and better. I mean, you know, I I think Roman's still trying to find himself sometimes. Yeah, Roman's not the best um, talker. He's okay, but. No, he's not the best talker, but he's gotten better. But I mean, uh, yeah, that that was was basically raw, man. I I thought the show was good overall. I thought it just moved nicely. I mean, before you knew it, it was eight o'clock. Or or eleven o'clock if you're in these, yeah. So it was yeah, a that good was a show. solid raw decent. No, hundred percent. But hey, couple of local notes here, man. Before we kind of move into other topics here, uh, this weekend saw the return of All Star Wrestling coming back to Vancouver, uh, to the Lower Mainland, to the interior, all across BC and parts of Alberta, I guess. Uh, Thunder of Jalunder and Odin Rex are now the brand new owners of All-Star Wrestling. Congratulations, boys. No, 100%. Looking forward to it. Uh, once we have some more information and some more dates, um, you know, but we'll, we'll see what we can give, pass on to you guys. And uh, I'll be trying to get in touch with these guys to see if we can get a little scoop or a little inside information or even get one of these guys on uh, yeah. to talk about it. Uh, Odin's the guy who has the Bulldog at his shows. Yeah, yeah, the guy comes down with the ACDC song, yeah. The ACDC song and his, I guess his wife or girlfriend is always there with uh, that little bulldog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. That's pretty cool, man. I'm really happy. I'm really glad for these guys. Uh, I went to the last show, I believe, they had before they kind of didn't shut down, but kind of weren't sure where they were going with the direction and whatnot so it's nice to see all of this to you know it's a probably a relief to some of the talent as well so you know jay starcy calamity kate you know are still your champions i hope and i think i, think I don't know so. how i don't know how much they're going to change or what they're going to change on on this front but like i said let's let's do a little bit of digging and and hopefully we can get a word in with uh mr jalunder or mr odin and uh, we can find out about that a bit more and pass it on to you guys here locally and around the world. Absolutely. Also, September 9th and 10th, Can-Am Wrestling presents the show at the at the Wild Rose Garden in, in Calgary, the home of Stampede Wrestling. It's a two-day tournament. We're getting close on that as well. So, you know, I'm hoping next week I can get a bit more information from our man, Otto. It's going to be and, a great show. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Scotty Mack will be on there. Scotty Mack is going to be in there as well. The Billington Bulldogs, who are Bulldogs the nephews? The local scene. Yeah, yeah. The Billington Bulldogs are going to be there. Who are the nephews, direct nephews, blood nephews of Dynamite Kid? 
So, you know, that's going to be kind of cool. Um, we'll keep you posted as we get closer to that. And uh, yeah. hopefully we'll have some good things to share about that with you guys as well. But, hey, um, let's talk about our favorite guy. You ready? CM Punk and Adam Page. Yeah. What 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 is Punk doing, man? So what what, what started this is that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Punk cut a promo and Page wasn't in the building and Punk started attacking him? Yeah, okay. This all started with Cole Cabana. The podcast? Well, it kind of started there, okay? So basically, for the people who don't know the history, I'm going to give you a quick history summary lesson. Basically, what happened was is when CM Punk decided to walk out of WWE for whatever reasons that he had, medical issues, this, that, his concerns with the medical staff and everything else involved... He basically went on the Art of Wrestling podcast, which was hosted by his good friend at the time, Mr. Colt Cabana. A.K.A. Scotty Goldman. Scotty Goldman. Absolutely. Now, Colt is the ultimate entrepreneur. He, he do, He's done stand-up. He does $5 wrestling shows. He does everything. Great shows, by the way. Final wrestling were hilarious. Yeah, and he does everything he possibly can to keep his name out there, and he works really, really hard. Um, pardon me. So... What happened was, is after that podcast came out, they were sued by the WWE for defamation because of the things that Punk said about the doctors and the medical staff at WWE, other comments that he had made. So there was a defamation case. Now, here's the problem with all of this. They included Colt Cabana because it was his podcast in there as well. So they made him one of the guys that, you know, so CM Punk and Colt Cabana versus WWE. Now, Colt says, look, dude, I don't have that kind of money to pay for these lawyers. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I, I can't do anything. CM Punk allegedly, and I don't know this for a fact, this is what we've been told, basically told, hey, Colt, don't worry about it, man. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Right? So when they settled and everything cleared and this and that, Punk did not take care of it for him. Left him hanging with the bill. Not surprising. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And that broke the friendship. You know, that that really fractured it and, and, and you know, put a lot of holes in everything uh, to do with the two of them. They were like the best of buds. I mean, remember the pipe pipe bomb promo that yeah. he did in WWE? I mean, he said, hey, Colt, you know, like he made reference from there. Yeah. So go to AEW. So now all of a sudden CM Punk is in AEW. But guess who else is there? Part of the Dark Order. Cole Cabana. So Cole Cabana is there. CM Punk is there. And I'm wondering to myself as this happens, like, shit, are these two going to tangle? Is there going to be something, you know, we can see here? But nothing ever really formulated. Punk kind of kept his distance from him and whatnot. Now, I don't know if he's whispering to anyone in anyone's ear or, you know, if he's being Mr. Punk behind the scenes. But there was a point there before Ring of Honor was purchased, uh, they were going to release him. He had no angle going on, even though he was with the Dark Order. They kind of cut him out of the Dark Order. They were going to release him. But then Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. And uh, one of the promotions that he did a lot of work in and did for was Ring of Honor. So they moved Colt over there. Now, I'm thinking, and again, I don't have this information. So this is just my thoughts, my assumption that Punk didn't want him there and he didn't like it. But here's the thing. The one reason they have Cole Cabana there is because of what he's accomplished 
in the independent scene. The one thing that they, they looked at him as a mentor, the young bucks, Adam Page, the guys that actually are the EVPs, you know, the executive vice presidents of this and that and whatnot, that actually have other roles behind the scenes, liked him as a mentor for the younger guys because of how hard he's worked out on the independents, you know, watching his friends kind of get those big breaks and those opportunities, which I think he should have been afforded at some point as well. Right. But it just didn't work out for him, but he mm -hmm. never gave up. He never stopped trying. Right. And you have to honor that. You have to respect that. Yeah. So I think that's where it kind of stems from. Now, I think him calling out Paige the way he did and everything was unscripted, was unprofessional. And, you know, Paige didn't go out because he wasn't, he was there. He was backstage. Yeah. He just didn't go out. He didn't well, he go there. out. I thought he was in the building, but he was no, there. No, 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 no. He was there. He just didn't go out because, you know, it wasn't a part of the show. It wasn't nothing to do with it. And I got to respect Paige for that because, I mean, Punk has done this a couple of times where he's kind of gone off script and, and try to cut his own promo. An example of that would be against Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash talks about this. in. His, Thank you for bringing that up. I got a good story about that when you're done. Yeah. And Kevin Nash brought this up in his podcast, you know, in light of everything that's going on here. And he was really pissed off because he thought he was coming in to put over Punk and whatnot and be not be ridiculed and put down by CM Punk the way he was. So, you know, it's just like, where's the line between shoot and kayfabe? And, and you know, how can you, how can you make the most out of it in terms of a storyline? Um, there are about four or five feuds that I can think about, but I won't talk about it right now. Maybe we can talk about this next week. You know, I think shoot. that was one of Kevin Nash's best lines is when Punk was standing on the stage and Kevin Nash in the ring and he said, you look like a short order cook at the Waffle House, hit the weights. I thought that was brilliant because the guy, you know, the way he looks, he doesn't look like a wrestler per se. And I, I thought that was a great burn. No, he stuck with me. He looked like a cook at the Waffle House. <laughs> I like that. No, well no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So basically, Punk is stirring up. You know, it's not helping because there is a lot of bit friction right now in AEW. I mean, one can argue, and you know, I mean, it's safe to argue and assume that the honeymoon period has to be over. It's you over. Know, the Punk you, is the best wrestler in the world in his mind. He's the best at everything he does in his mind, but nobody else's mind. He always was a business for himself. It seems. No, hundred percent. Very you know, selfish, self-centered guy. Yeah, yeah. No, he. I don't know him, but maybe from a business standpoint, he is that way. He's that kind of arrogant, cocky, that I'm better than everybody attitude. But he's not. But he's not, and I sense that from him. Maybe he is different. Maybe maybe he doesn't know where to turn the character off and, and just be Phil. Mm -hmm. Or he's just one of those guys that's just always bitter and wah, wah, wah. That's exactly what he appears to me to be, is bitter and crying and He's better than everybody, and everybody did him wrong. It's like, no, dude, you do yourself wrong by acting like this. Yeah. I think, honestly, uh, you got Moxley and, and him fighting for the title. I think it'd be best if they kept the belt on Moxley. I, don't think, I hope so. I don't think Punk should have the title. Not because of the way he's been acting or whatnot. It's just based on what their mission statement is in AEW and everything else. The only guy that should have had that belt... That's a journeyman veteran was Chris Jericho. Yeah. Right? Your first champion should always be that guy that everybody knows, like you say, right? And everybody knows Jericho. Everybody so, knows Jericho. so after Jericho, you know, Moxley winning, I'm okay with that. That was fine. 
right? Moxie winning, then losing it to Omega, which is fine. Omega yeah. losing it to Adam Page probably was, you know, the champion that everybody kind of wanted to see from the get-go, uh, but wasn't there yet, you know? And to be fair, even when he had the title, I don't think he was there yet. No, but, but he's gotten better. So having Mox right now, I think Mox as champion is probably the way to go. I don't think AEW is going to help themselves in any way by putting it back on CM Punk. It just, I don't see it. Because, I mean, if Punk is already showing signs of himself being what he was, do you want that guy being your champion? This guy's going to burn every bridge at every company he's worked at or what? Like, holy cow, dude. I don't know. See, you got a guy like Tony Khan who'll still suck his dick. <laughs> um, come on, let's call it the way it is. Yeah. Vince didn't suck it. No. Right? He, he That's the reality. Do you want to go? Good, good riddance, dude. See ya. I don't know what's going to happen. Punk, where's MJF, man? Where, where is that guy? What's up with that? Okay, so MJF is an interesting story as well because, I mean, he's still under contract till 2024. Okay. Right? I mean, he still has to finish out the rest of this year, the next four months, and then he has another. So he's got 16 months before he can do anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I it's a work. MJF is coming back pretty soon. Yeah, it seems like a work now. Right, MGF will be back pretty soon, if not after this pay per view in September or whenever the next pay per view is. I think you'll see his return. If Punk stays the way Punk is staying, I think that'd be a perfect feud for him to walk right back into. You know, MGF kind of telling him straight up, like, you know, you're he's a shit. Like, you know, this is you're doing everything that I said you'd be doing. And yeah, that will be a good feud. It'd be, it's a perfect feud. You bring back MJF as a bit of a baby face and he'll turn on everyone after he beats up Punk, but I don't know. I don't I don't I don't understand why AEW needs Punk. I really don't. Like don't. I get it. They cheer for him really loud in Chicago and you know, here and there, but for the most part, I just I don't know, man. I just don't see it. I, I agree with you totally. I'd get rid of him personally if I was Tony Khan. And and on Wednesday Unless this is all the work. If it's not, get rid of him. Well, I don't know how long he signed for, right? And I don't know if Tony Khan's in that position. Like, Tony Khan's kind of learning on the job. Like I said, he's, like you said, and, you know, and I'm, I'm tending to agree with it more and more every day. I mean, Tony Khan is just a fanboy. Yeah. He's a fanboy. He's a fanboy with daddy's wallet. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. if he, if they put that much effort into the Jacksonville Jaguars, they, they'd go to the playoffs and potentially even win a Super Bowl. That's true. Right? So I don't know how much influence his dad has on any of this or if his dad even knows what Tony's up to. But Rashid I'm not Khan, sure is his dad even a wrestling guy? Does he like wrestling? I don't know. I think Rashid Khan is just a guy who's into buying properties and, and into investments, right? Yeah, and he sees this it's a businessman, right? Um if he was a sports guy, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars would have had the season they had last year where the coach didn't even know who half the opposition players were. Yeah, you know all the controversies before even you know four games into the season, the team was already falling apart. Yeah, well, the con made the right choice; he got rid of him. So see what well, happens now. Well, let's see. I mean, who who's in there now? Terry, who's the coach now? I'm not sure the coach is actually. Oh, it's that guy from Philadelphia. The guy who won Peterson? the super. Yeah, the guy who won the Super Doug Bowl. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, I believe, is okay. the coach of Jacksonville. I could be wrong, but I think I saw him on the sidelines there. In okay, the preseason game. Um, so I don't know. Let's see. Let's see where they go with all of this. But 
Yeah, Tony Khan's playing with his dad's money, man. Very simple. And he's I having think a good he's time. Done... No, he's not. He's feeling the heat now because he's bought way too much stuff. It's kind of like having a bunch of cars and not enough garage space. He's so got to bring of... some better people around him, some smarter people around him. To kind well, of coach him this is what he started to do. He's created a creative kind of task force. Yeah. Right? So he's got Tony Schiavone. He's got uh, Sunjay Dutt. He's got Pat Buck, the guy with the red hair that we used to see in WWE all the time, but he's now mm -hmm. the guy who runs out for uh, AEW. Um, so he's created a bit of a creative task force that works together for storylines and things like that. So he's starting to understand that you cannot write the show beside the pool anymore. Good. Right. If he needs to, if he wants to compete with WWE, if he wants to do all those things that he keeps talking about and, you know, all, all the glitz and glamor and all the glory that, that he claims that he's, you know, wanting to achieve, he needs to change the way he's doing business because right now the way he does business is not helping at all. Yeah. Honeymoon fact, phase is over now. It's now the you know the velvety's worn off now. Well the velvety's worn off and guys like Miro are like, what the fuck? I came here because I you know thought there'd be more opportunities. You know, it's not happening. Yeah. I'm not on TV. Same with Andrade. You know, these are guys that are kind of looking at stuff and going, fuck, I fit into sign so quickly. Yep. Right? I, I almost believe that Miro would have come back to WWE um, if, if he had the opportunity to. I think possibly, so. Right? Um, but let, let's see. Like I said, they're oversaturated with so much talent right now. They signed way too many people. Way too many. Too many people. And most of them are showing up on Dark. Right, mm -hmm. you know, which is on their YouTube channel. It's not even on TV. I know. So guys are working, girls are working, but the reality is, you can only put so much on television. Absolutely. Um, speaking of that, Adam Cole, I've not seen him on AEW for for a little bit either. Neither have I seen the Red Dragons, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with those guys if they're injured. Uh, I never or not. thought of that, but yeah, you're right. You know, so I haven't seen those guys there for a while. Um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with AEW, but there is a lot of upset people. There are people who are now looking at WWE again and like, oh shit, did I, did, I, did I move too fast? Did I leave too fast? So guys like Gargano, guys like Dexter Lumen, like they wanted Gargano so bad. There, there's I'm no surprised denying. I never got him. No, because he knew. He'd waited out. He wanted to play the game properly. Like he knew, okay, Johnny Gargano wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Did he want to stay wrestling or did he want to move into something else? He wasn't sure. And this is why I think WWE brought him back because he wasn't hasty. He took his time. Right? Yeah, he played he, smart. He played it smart. He waited for the opportunity to see when he was ready. And and he played made the right call. Same with Dexter Loomis. Dex, Dexter Loomis. You know, this is these are guys that they wanted. Mm. But even though they would have signed them or what not guaranteed, these guys would have just showed up on dark or something, and yeah, then eventually the and then get lost in the shuffle and then kind of show up, you know, what have you. But I like the addition of these guys because I mean you think about it, Tomasa Champa and Johnny Gargano have amazing history. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I I tell everybody if you have the network, go back, watch some of the old NXT shows, and you'll see what I'm talking about. The matches as as allies were amazing. Against one another was just fucking next level. The twist, the swerve, some of the shit that went down, man, just insane. Like the turns on each other. You would think one guy's like, oh my god, like you know, he did this to him, and injured him basically and wrote him off the show guy comes back and you're thinking okay they, they've made amends or whatnot and the other guy does that to him although i never seen him wrestle off the check it out you gotta check it out please do chance i really I've seen really... them wrestle but it's not each other not those matches no you i'm i'm calling those matches as as a wrestling fan if you like wrestling those are really fun matches to watch i really implore everybody but hey check them out last week's numbers i have here you want to see what the viewership were viewership was for all the major shows for this week. Yeah, let's hear it. So Raw had 1.98 million people, which is a 0.53 rating. NXT had 723,000 people watching. AEW Dynamite, which is fair, 957,000 people watching. I mean, they're not competing against anybody on no. a Wednesday. Neither is neither are any of these shows, to be fair. Monday okay. football's coming back soon, so we'll see how Monday Ross night. Goes. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. I mean, I think this is the other reason why they're trying to get in all these names to build it up to get it going, so people have to tune in, right? Uh, SmackDown, you ready for this one? This was insane. Two point six two million people watched SmackDown last Friday. Friday night on Fox, yeah, prime time. But Friday night though, that's the weird one in my opinion because it comes on at eight o'clock in the east, right? On a Friday, yeah. we get in at five o'clock unless. You wait till the eight o'clock showing. We got to re, yeah, we got we, to. We're now. lucky that we get it twice now, but I mean, the East gets it twice too. If you're watching on Sportsnet 360, you get it at five and eight. Well, Fox be... promotes the hell out of it too. Every time you're watching football, they're always promoting WWE, SmackDown, or all the big baseball or whatever. They're always promoting SmackDown. So it does a big job for them. No, no, no. But, but they're also doing it back for them, right? They're promoting NASCAR, they're promoting baseball, mm-hmm. they're promoting the football as well. So yeah. there's that partnership there, right? I mean, they're, they're working with the network. But to have 2.6 million people watching it on a Friday night, which is pretty good. I, I agree. I think SmackDown's the better show for the simple fact that it's two hours, Ross, three. It's too long. Sometimes it drags out. There's too many segments sometimes. So I think two hours, it's a little more for the, the ADHD fan. Nowadays, it's on their phone and laptop. A quick two-hour two show and you're done. Three's a bit much. Yeah, no, I I agree to you. I agree with that a lot. But I, like I said, I think the last few Raws have been pretty fun. You know, I haven't even noticed the three hours. Yeah, you know, I think by I think there was a point where I was at the hour and a half mark, and I was kind of like, okay, what's going on? They'll never be able to put it back to two hours, though. Because I don't think they can. I don't think they can. Right? And there's a lot more that kind of goes into it. If you want to get more information or details on it, uh, listen to Corey Graves' podcast, uh, the one that he does, and uh, he talks about it as well. Like, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into making the show three hours, why the show is still three hours, what they base it on, the, the marketing behind it. And there's mm-hmm. a lot that, you know, you we can sit here and say, oh, this isn't good or we don't need this or that. But there's a reason why they do it. Yeah, no, I get why they do right? it. Yeah, I don't so, blame no, no, I don't blame them. But you're right. I do agree. I think a two hour show would be better. And again, I'm kind of waiting, you know. I'm just going to wait. And the to nice see... thing with two hours is some of the people that you see on Raw every week won't be on there all the time. You trim the facts, so to speak, a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, like I said, I want to see six months here, right? I'm going to take a six month sample size from when the new regime took over mm-hmm. and see where it is in six months, right? Let's just give it six months. Yeah. 
I mean, it's been fun right now. We talk about Tony Khan and the honeymoon period with AEW and how it's over. You know, in essence, this is kind of like another honeymoon period. Yep. You know, you got fresh views. Fresh they views in there. Off yet, but haven't pissed anyone off. No, well, let's find out. Let's see where they yeah. go. I mean, they've shut down NXT UK. They've released basically the whole roster there. Uh, they're going to be rebranding it for next year as NXT Europe, which will probably allow some of these guys to kind of come back or whatnot. But they did release some really good talent from that side of the pond, which um, I kind of hope they kind of bring back and, and do something with them. I don't know. Europe is, Europe is just create their own shows. Well, there's a lot of promotions out in Europe. Don't get like, me wrong. I know, what you, I know, but like a big one, like AEW or WWE, they should just try to do their own thing. See what well, happens. And I think that's what they're kind of doing with this NXT Europe. You know what I mean? Like NXT itself is a brand. No, but I mean, not on a WWE umbrella, like their own, like somebody else do something else in Europe that's not WWE or AEW. Costs a lot of money. Yeah, I know. That's a thing. Comes down to money, man. Right? I know. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And over there, we're not talking dollars. We're talking euros. Yeah. And because the country's so split up, I mean, it's kind of hard to run something like that because the UK deals in pounds, you know, the French deal in francs. I know, yeah. It's but then difficult. Amsterdam does euros. So this country does euros, you know. So I don't know what WWE Europe is going to be. I think it still be based out of the UK, but it'll have more of the European flavor. Because, I mean, that's what they were doing before. Yeah, A lot of their guys... Yeah. We're from Europe, but, you know, it's NXT UK. So, I don't know. Let's see where that kind of goes. I mean, if there's anything that Triple H has done so far, that probably be the biggest one in terms of displacing talent and letting talent go. Um, but I think that was something they were probably planning beforehand anyways. Probably. But, hey, guess what? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Chance Michaels this day in wrestling history. This day yeah. in 1999, I believe Triple H won his first WWF title. Nice. Heavyweight title. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, brother man. I don't know. I'm kind of out of things here. What do you got? You got anything you want to throw down? Yes. Well, since I've never, I'll be honest with the audience, I've never watched NXT for more than 10 minutes. So I don't know much about it, but I got a top five for you. Sure. Tell me your top five favorite NXT moments. Top five NXT moments. Uh, Probably be the match between Bailey and Sasha at uh the Brooklyn uh takeover that was awesome okay. that was really really fun to watch um top five so that was a really fun match as well uh johnny gargano against T tomasa champa uh, okay. any of their matches just phenomenal really fun to watch check those out. yeah please do i really like it just as a wrestling fan take, take yeah, off no. your indie blinders take it off just watch it for the wrestling yeah i will watch it just for that expression i mean just well done stories um, what else did I like about NXT? Oh, um, ooh, you put me on the spot here, man. I'm, my mind's kind of going all over the place right now. Uh, when Bray Wyatt first came out with with the Wyatt family, okay, it was three. That debut was really really cool as well. Um, watching when um Finn Balor showed up to NXT, that okay. was really cool. Uh, that came out of nowhere. And last but not least, he's no longer with the company, but seeing Samoa Joe when he first came out as well. Cool. Good top yeah. five. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, again, it's just it's a developmental ground, right? Yeah, no, I get so, it. Yeah. So, so it I mean, its I'll, purpose. It serves its purpose, and you know, I, I think Triple H isn't going in that direction where he was getting a lot of the indie guys. So, if there is some positive, that's something that you know, you, if you're not into the indie scene or whatnot or what have you, I, I think what you're going to see with NXT is basically in-house grown talent. They'll they'll get. You know, amateur wrestlers, they'll get track athletes, they'll get basketball players, football players, you know, they do their kind of tryouts and what have you. Yeah. But a lot of these guys will be homegrown products. So I think yeah. that's what you're going to kind of see now, right? And then when the time is right, they'll move up, which is why I tell people to watch NXT. It's not hard to, I mean, it's on right now as we speak, and I'll probably watch it later on tonight because that's where the future superstars are going to be coming from. from. Yeah. Right. So if you're not watching NXT and then you're just, you know, you're gonna, not you, no, I'm not saying you, but you, someone's going to complain, oh, well, who's this guy or who, who's that guy? You have every opportunity in the world to know who these guys are. You just have to watch it. Right. And casual fans, nothing against you. Here's all I say. Wrestling is not written for the casual fan. It's just, it's written for the wrestling fan. Guys like you and myself, right? Guys like uh, Flying Rates. Guy, girls yeah. like Little Miss Miss, right? It, that's who wrestling is for. That's who it should be written for. If if we're writing shows and we're concerned about how the casual fan's going to react, then wrestling's got a bigger problem. Boxing has a bigger problem. MMA's got a bigger problem, right? And, and I don't think you could ever base your product on a casual fan. Casual fans will come. You need to build that one guy. M UFC got Conor Gregor. They built him. To, yeah. to, but I think to, what people with the flip side of it, the casual fan makes the event special. When you see, like you said, Conor McGregor fight, Brock Lesnar fight, Floyd Mayweather brings out everybody. Something absolutely. special about it. Paul Coven and Andre. No, no. Hey, I'm not disagreeing, but the companies have to the companies also have to be responsible, in my opinion, yeah. for making that character. Yeah. And that person that they're putting the ball into the hands of needs to put in that extra work to become that guy. Right? I mean, Conor McGregor, arrogant, cocky, a bit of a fucking dosser at times. Yeah. But he, you can't argue the work he put in to build his name. Still doing it. Still doing it. So, I mean, guys are always going to complain, oh, you know, Connor can just come in and fight whoever he wants, whenever he wants. Yeah, he can because he's going to bring, like you said, the money, those eyes, that money. But yep. he had to make himself there, right? And the promotion had to help build him. Yep, he had to earn it. Yeah, right. So same with Hogan. Same with all these guys. I mean, everyone talks about all oh, blah 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 blah, but reality is, who's talking about all the hard work, the stuff behind the scenes? Like we talked about the Miz today, why is he still in WWE after all these years, after all the cuts and everything? Even his wife got cut. Yeah. Right? But he never did because he puts that work in. True. He, he puts the work in that no one else sees. If you don't live in Topeka, Kansas or whatever, you're not listening to that morning show when they're in that town. You don't yeah. know that. Right? So... Again, you put in that hard work. It, it, there's so many elements that have to come together to make that one character exist. Yep, no, I agree. Right? So, you know, that, that's kind of where I stand on it, man. 
But hey, tell you what, brother man, let's wrap this up yep, for home. Tuesday afternoon and kind of get going here with our evenings. Uh, coming up, we will come back with our boxing podcast. We haven't forgotten. Some fights have been announced, and we also have to review a fight that happened this past weekend. Two good fights happened this weekend, actually. That was a good weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend, man. And I think we have to touch on about the kick that was heard around the world. We will. Yeah, for sure. That was insane. That was fun. I was fun literally, fight. I wrote him off. I'm not going to say anything because I want the listeners to listen. I'm sure they probably know what we're talking about, but hey, man. That yep. was a good night. We'll get All right, guys. For sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. My name is Bobby Sampson, and I am with my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those who download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And considering that in a few weeks from now, the Stampede Grounds will become alive again with professional wrestling after almost 20 years of no wrestling being held there. In the words of Ed Whalen, in, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. Everybody, have a great night. We will be talking to you in a couple of days. Remember to like, subscribe, and hit that notification button. And leave comments down below so we know what you guys think of the show. And give us ideas and tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Have yep. a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.